Okay, everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this morning's edition of Down to Earth. Excuse me, <clears throat> clearing my throat a little bit. It seems like I might have been affected by something last night, but it wasn't wildfires. I live in Michigan. Uh, today is Sunday, the 13th of September. So the month is moving pretty fast, isn't it? We're advancing, it seems, towards a showdown. Of, of epic proportions, then it seems that showdown is, is going to take place not only in polling rooms and polling booths across America, but that showdown is taking place right before our very eyes. I mean, the coronavirus is one thing. We're contending with that. We're contending with the fallout from it economically and scholastically because our school system is in shambles. Uh, educators across the country seem to be unprepared and have no cohesive policies as to how they're going to educate America's children. It's working, it's not working. We didn't seem to come up with a plan to ensure that if we're going to provide online learning, as some people call it hybrid, both in-person and online learning, we should have made internet access available to everyone. So if we can't make internet access available, everybody has a TV, right? Why weren't lesson plans being taught on TV in certain school districts across the board? Because if you live in one school district, chances are they're all on the same page. Why couldn't you put it on public television? With as many people looking at this and as many eyeballs and as many hours as people have spent in Zoom meetings, why was this not a fact? It's, it's just the craziest thing you've ever heard. You look at stuff like that and you wonder. And folks are educated. Folks have multiple degrees. Folks have degrees in everything under the sun. And nobody could come up with a cohesive plan of how to educate America's children. We've been through this before. We're not reinventing the wheel in the night. Lately, I found a story on the New York Times that in 1958 in Alabama, when kids couldn't go to school because of the sit-ins and the strikes against the marches and civil rights, they took education to television. That was 1958, more than 60 years ago. And 60 years later, we couldn't think. 60 years later, we are more educated as a population. 60 years later, we have more resources. And we still could not come up with a cohesive plan makes you wonder who makes these decisions. I often, sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes looking at public policy, I often come up with a question, who makes these decisions and makes these plans because they're not workable, they're not executable, and they don't work, frankly. They collapse. It's almost as if people make plans in a vacuum and no one does a test run or a dry run. Do you know the military doesn't strike anybody without doing a dry run? They simulate what it would look like or feel like to be in that zone. So they can anticipate what it will be like and they ride out the rough edges. So they ride out the rough edges. They see what they are and fine tune them. The educational system and the people in it had months to prepare for back to school in September. And not a doggone thing happened. Shameful. And you all are educated. Many people possess degrees in uh, uh, doctoral degrees, I think, in education. What's the point of having all of that 
if it's kids still can't find a way to get educated? How did you not think about the people in your school district who have to sit outside of a Taco Bell to access free Wi-Fi in order to attend school online because they don't have internet at home? Has anyone, have you thought outside the box? Do you know how expensive the internet is? If Have you ever paid a cable bill with your internet attached to it? Have you ever looked at how much you're paying? Right now, the internet is crashing more than anything else. This past week, the internet crashed several times on my watch because so many people are using it. Comcast, AT&T, and other internet providers knew this was coming because more people were working from home. In fact, they were stealing from us because they charged us high fees knowing that most people were trafficking at work and trafficking the internet at work. So they were charging us high, speed, high fees even though we were not at home using our internet from home Monday through Friday. Then the pandemic came and we started working from home still being charged high fees, and now we're aware we're being charged high fees with even suckier service. Something has gone very wrong with us, hasn't it? We're, it seems like we're imploding from within. The perfect society that we thought we had, the perfect country that we thought we had, we thought we had a model system of government. We thought everything was okay in the shade. We thought we were the ish. We could show everybody else in the world how to do how to be, how to live. And this, these last four years have shown us how much we have left to go. We are not ready. We are not prepared. We were caught with our pants down. We elected people who divided us. We created a system where people, where this very system we're trying to get rid of, the very thing we're trying to tell people we're not, just exploded right in front of our eyes. All of a sudden, we have become a world leader in neo-Nazism. Imagine that, America, who sent troops in World War II to, to, to Europe to fight the Nazis, has now suddenly become a world leader in neo-Nazism. We're actually exporting it. People in Germany are copying what they see we do here. They call our president their leader. Imagine that. We thought we were perfect didn't we? We thought we had it going on. We thought California was the golden state. Everybody wants to move to California. Seems like they're on the beach all day. The weather seems to be perfect all day. No, California is burning. California has always led the country and has always talked about climate change, and we need to do something about climate change, and the world's climate is changing. Well, nobody listens to the folks out in Cali, and now California is burning. All the way to Washington State, into Idaho, as far north as the Canadian border, burned through Oregon and into Washington State, to the Canadian border, seriously? And in now into Idaho, America is burning. America is burning. Wildfires on the West Coast is a threat to life and property. Racial unrest from coast to coast and the government is campaigning instead of addressing climate change that has now brought about climate crisis and systemic racism, which has given us the summer of strife. As we head into fall, the coronavirus is fast on our heels and is posing a health threat to those on the West Coast, inundated with smoke, which makes them susceptible to lung infections like the coronavirus. How can we not say America is burning? 
We see everyday images, day after day, we see images of police brutality, white police officers beating and killing and, and hurting black men and women in the streets. How do you not expect that that is not going to be insightful, inciting? I need to, I am asking that question. How do you think that people of color, people who are black, sitting back and watching police, killing black people in the streets, white police officers, how do you think that that's not going to happen? I watched a video last night on my Instagram feed that came out of somewhere in Georgia. I can't remember what county it is. And uh, a man was in an Uber and uh, refused to give his ID. And the police dragged him out and put him on the ground and was beating him. Two police officers were on top of him. And people were screaming for the police to stop, and the police would not stop. Two police officers on top of a black man. That kind of image is not going to stop. Why are white police officers so intent on beating black men? That is racism. And there is no other explanation for it. Now, that is something that needs to be addressed from the government. The Department of Justice needs to step in and say, what on earth is going on here? Instead, the government is tone deaf. The very government that is supposed to protect its citizens are tone deaf. You're sending people, sending uh, federal officers into Portland to break up racial unrest, spurred on by white police officers killing black people. And then there are fires 60 miles south of Portland, wildfires that have killed so far 33 people in total. And you haven't sent federal efforts to go out and help those people. America is burning. It seems that the West Coast have Democratic governors, three states. There is Gavin Newsom in California, Kate Brown in Oregon, and Jay Inslee in, in Washington. They're Democratic governors. Is that the reason why no help from the federal government has gone out to those people? As a matter of fact, just yesterday, the state of Oregon issued, that, issued a statement that it is expecting a mass fatality incident because of the wildfires that have ripped through towns and cities because they don't know people are missing. The fires came so quickly and so furiously that in the rush to leave, people could not get through. The fires are so intense, the smoke is so intense that visibility is reduced to less than 10 miles. We've all seen the surreal pictures this past week that emerged out of the Bay Area in California. It looked like an apocalypse. It was just unbelievable in the middle of the day. It looked like sunrise. We've talked extensively about climate change on this broadcast. And we have talked about how climate change just recently, just about a week and a half ago, we talked about climate change producing higher temperatures in America, and how that is a potential disaster, that it has now become a climate crisis. And there we go, the wildfires were streaming across the West, destroying life and limb, being a threat to life and property. America is burning. We're burning so much, we don't know where to direct our attention. It seemed it caught us off guard. We're not, we don't know where to look. There's racial unrest. There are marches and demonstrations. We're now at the 110th day of strife since George Floyd died. 
110 days. And we're still, people are still fighting and still marching, marching right into the elections. The president is threatening all kinds of things against the elections to destabilize people's sense of security in an effort for him to be reelected. He doesn't care who he hurts, whom he runs across. He doesn't care if he damages the integrity of the system to heck with integrity, it seems. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't care that it messes with our own sense of security. I guess it doesn't bother him because at the end of the day, if he loses, he can go back to Trump Tower in New York, surrounded by guards. So why should he worry about security? But ex-presidents only get protection for the first four years. After that, they're on their own. They better hire their own. So there you go. America is burning. We seem to have issues that we're fracturing about. We can't resonate or, or come together and reconcile our racist past with our currency, with the currency of our future. We can't seem to cohesively come together and formulate a plan how to move forward. Instead, we keep dragging ourselves back, dragging ourselves back, dragging ourselves back. Well, it's my culture and I like to wave the Confederate flag. The Confederacy lasted for four years, y'all. So it wasn't a lifetime. It didn't last for 200 years. What's your big deal? It's not a, it wasn't a culture. It was a group of red states, the southern states got together and said they didn't want to throw away slavery. That's what you're flying when you fly the Confederate flag. It has nothing to do with culture. It doesn't represent a standard bearer that this is a system of beliefs or this is a system and ways of doing things. It just said you didn't want to be part of the union. I don't think most people who fly the Confederate flag understand that. I think you fly because your grandfather's fluid and your grandfather said, hate the, hate the blacks. And you just pick it up and say, hate the blacks, but you really don't know. But you're driving down the street, bumping your head to rap music. You're watching shows with black people in it. So how are you going to hate people who entertain you? You watch football mostly black men who play football. You watch basketball, it's mostly black men who play basketball and football. So exactly where does the hatred come in? Do you see how outdated your ideology is and your way of thinking? It might suggest that your grandparents were wrong, but you don't want to accept that. But they are wrong. They were wrong then, and you are wrong for joining in with that belief. No, yes, it is wrong. It is always wrong to believe that one group of people is superior to another. That will always bring strife and division. It's much like in, 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 in England. That's why your parents and grandparents came here. They were sent here, actually, right? Because they, there were people who believed that the king had the right of way. He could do whatever. And then another group of people said, heck no. I'm not going to be paying taxes to a, a system that I will never profit from, that forever and a day they will always own my land. No. So you went and found new lands. But you came here and you did the same exact thing that you were running away from. You just did it to a different group of people who look different from you. And you justified it. America is burning. We have to reconcile what we believe how we're going to go forward because while we have stopped this summer to strife what hasn't stopped is that the world continues to spin nonetheless 
I would hate to see us wake up in a world that we are not prepared for. I would hate to see us wake up in a world with new ways of doing things that we seem to have forgotten. I wish this moment would speed past and that we would get back to the business of leading and living, leading our country, leading our countrymen, and leading our nation and leading our world with bright ideas and ideas of cohesion and inclusion that includes everyone, regardless of how people seek to classify themselves. We must recognize that people are individuals and how they see themselves is how they see themselves. It shouldn't be defined by your idea of what you think God thinks. Because I might not think that God thinks homosexuality is wrong. You might think so, but prove it to me. God created everybody. Isn't that what Psalm 24 says? He created the world and they that dwell. It says everybody belongs to God. The whole world belongs to God. And they that dwell therein, they. He didn't say man or woman. He didn't say uh, black or white. He didn't say whites only. He said they that dwell therein. It seems to me if Christian conservatives continue to perpetrate this ideology that they created, they need to start backing it up because the rest of us do read the Bible. And it is at odds with what you preach. Forget about your behavior being at odds with what you preach. We can draw examples how you shut the pulpit down and then go behind there and have oral sex with people, with same-sex people, and go and call up somebody to have sex with your wife while you take pictures. Come on now. You have sex with your staff members who are younger than you are after you shut the pulpit down. We are watching, so don't come to us with your hypocrisy. I've had it. I've had it with your hypocrisy that is based on systemic racism. I've had it with your hypocrisy that is based on misogyny. We've had it. We don't believe that anymore. So if you want to come to us and tell us about God, tell us to go read the Bible, the entire Bible, not just Malachi 3 and 8 where you rob people and take their money, but read the parts of the New Testament that says you give as you ought to give. It's one of the reasons why they threw me out of churches because I didn't subscribe to that tithing foolishness. I was a single parent raising two children, and I could not see how I could give the church 10%. I would be broke. I wouldn't have gas to drive to work and take my kids to school. I wouldn't have money to buy them lunch during the week. And I couldn't understand it. I kept saying, it doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense logically. And I scoured the Bible to find it, and I realized that that's the Old Testament, and that's what kept the people burdened, and that's why Jesus came in the New Testament. When I started preaching that, they threw me out because they were taking the money so they could drive Rolls Royces and Bentleys and Escalades, and they could go on trips every week and went to play golf, taking pictures, posting it to social media of themselves shopping and playing golf and getting their hair and nails done and buying new clothes, whereas I could barely make it to J.C. Penney at the time. I had to find other retailers that could pay because I was a single parent. I looked around the church and there were more people like me. There were more women like me and more families who were in the same boat, and I could not see the justification. Then the crash came in 2008, and everybody lost everything. But the only people who were still able to maintain their lifestyle were the people collecting all the money. That's when 
the fallacy of their ideology became apparent. And that's when the whole thing started to shake. But they had so many layers because they had so many millions stored up, not just here in Detroit and in Michigan, but all over the country. They could survive for the next 10 years, and they did. Covered it up. They had the money. They still walked around gleefully, changed cars like it's going out of style, paid off all the people to shut up. Meanwhile, the whole thing was burning from underneath. Then the Lord sent a plague called the coronavirus. Just wiped it out. He wiped them out because it's time to go. What perhaps we need to look at this is that maybe we are burning out the parts of ourselves that don't jive and don't fit with the best selves of America. Look, America is supposed to be the city on a hill. We're supposed to be the shining example and the hope of the world. We're supposed to, everybody else can mess up. We, we don't get to do that. Because we have to be the hope of the world. The rest of the world has to say, well, let's see what America is doing. If they're doing it, chances are we trust them they're, they're doing it the right way. We can't have one part of our society or country burning and we're not sending resources to help them. And then we come over another side of the country and have indoor gatherings where the coronavirus is rampant, when the coronavirus is rampant. The coronavirus has come and it, we are paying the price. So far, we have almost 200,000 Americans dead. I can't believe I actually said that because in July, it was 150,000, 160,000, and I was scratching my head like it shouldn't even get to 100,000. Can it stop? And less than three months later, we're looking at 190,000. Look, folks, by October and November, the number is going to crash 200,000. It's a massacre. The media is doing a fantastic job of not relating the numbers. The media is also part of the problem. The media is too embedded into the fabric of our society and into the fabric of our government. The media is part of the problem. They control the information, how much it is distributed and what we are told. The media is too powerful. This is why God created the internet so those of us who can can access and find other sources of information because we do need alternatives. The media is too controlled. There are more people who have died from the coronavirus. There are more people who are sick. We looked, for instance, a few months ago in the summer, it was in late July, I think, that people gathered in Sturgis, South Dakota for a bike rally. It's an annual event. And they decided that they were not going to wear masks or observe social distancing because the pandemic was fake. 500,000 people gathered in Sturgis. Guess what? There are now over 250,000 cases of coronavirus spread out across 12 states. They're calling it the Sturgis Massacre. How did we get to this stage? By shutting our minds by telling ourselves that the color of your skin is greater than the color of my skin, that the color of your skin makes you a better human being than the color of my skin. Where on earth did you get that fallacy? You claim to be Christian, but Jesus, the creator, 
and the, 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 the founder of the Christian faith, for want of a better word, sorry, Jesus. Jesus was a brown-skinned, unarmed man who walked in the Middle East. How are you going to justify that white is power? And Jesus said so. <laughs> when Jesus came from the Middle East and was a brown-skinned man and unarmed, you know how brown his skin must have been? He walked in the sun all day his entire life. There's no way Jesus was white with blue eyes, y'all. Cut it out. The lies that are built around these things. And in a lot of ways, the reason we are burning is because these parts of our history and of our ideology and ideological basis have to be excoriated and extricated from our national consciousness. We have to be able to believe in fundamentals that are proven and that are true. We can't believe in things that are made up because some guy said so, because he was having a bad hair day and his hair was flying off his head and he feels like being white is superior. Wherever do you get that fallacy, dude? When I hear people talk like that, I wonder what parts of the world they have been to. Because as you travel the world, you begin to realize that there are parts of our world that experience some kind of violence and that Europeans colonized the world. And once Europeans went into other parts of the world, that's when all these things started happening. Once the Europeans got into Africa, Africa has been ravaged for centuries now. It never stopped. Same with the Middle East, same with the Far East, same thing everywhere they have gone. People, in, in indigenous peoples all over the world were fine until the Europeans got there. And now the whole world is in a rampage. And now America, that is the melting pot of the world. Everybody comes to America. And now here we are. We looked at climate crisis recently and discovered that the world is changing so fast in certain parts of the world below the equator that people in the southern hemisphere are racing to go to the northern hemisphere. They're literally running from, from the heat that is killing and ravaging their land due to lack of infrastructural investment over time and over decades, over centuries, because, again, of white supremacy and the practice of white supremacist power structures that has bred economic inequality everywhere. This is what has contributed to what we now call climate crisis all over the world. That's why people from Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, are, and Belize are running to the United States because it's hot down there. There are floods down there. There's drought down there. There's nothing to eat. People are literally running and trying to get into North America because it's cooler and they can find food to eat. I need to know what steps are we make taking in America to preserve grain so that if there comes a time, if they, that California used to be, used to be one of our farming cultures, one of our farm beds. If there are wildfires in California, that means it's destroying farmlands. If there are wildfires in Oregon, it means they're destroying farmlands. So I need to know what is the backup plan for making sure that those farmlands that have been destroyed, what is the backup plan for the food basket that California used to be? Who is going to replace it? Which state are we going to invest in to make sure that that is replaced? Those are the questions of government. Which government is addressing that if all you're concerned about is campaigning on the White House front lawn because you think it makes for good optics? America is burning. 
And we are literal. The decisions we make today, we're going to pay for them in a few years' time, in a short time. If we don't address these issues surrounding climate crisis, we're going to continue to burn. If we don't address the issues surrounding systemic racism, it's going to get worse. You really think it's going to stop? It's not going to stop. Let me ask you this. White police officers who are racist, because that's who is causing the problem. It's the racist white police officers who are out there who are doing this and executing this wickedness. And the rest of you are sitting back with your hands over your hips like, I don't know what's going on. Well, sit there with your mouth shut and see what happens when there is a racial strife of unprecedented proportions because don't believe that people are just going to sit back and be nulled and be lulled into a false sense of security knowing that this evil has not been excoriated. We're staring right now into the face of evil. We're confronting an evil that is causing problems within our society. It has the physical manifestations right now. There are children being sacrificed. I'm surprised at Christians and white conservatives who like to talk about everything. They blame Joe Biden. Yeah, he raped somebody. But you have a president who grabbed women by the pee, but you support him. What's the hypocrisy in that? You follow him blindly. He has three wives and five children, but you call black women who have multiple children baby mamas, but you don't call the president a baby daddy. He has five children by three different women. At least those are the ones we know about. Come on now, talk to me. You're talking about you love God and you love people, but we're not talking about child trafficking and people who traffic in child pornography, some of whom are your husbands. They leave home and go have sex with 12 and 13-year-olds in a brothel somewhere where they access it on the Internet in in an app in their phone. You know it exists because you see the charge on your credit card bills, but you don't say anything. You are the hypocrite. That's why the country is burning. Somebody has to pay for that. Somehow someone is going to pay for that. Look at what's going on in California. How can you ignore climate change? California has been burning for the last 25 years. It's been a slow burn. And now here's the deal. If the weather even changes because all the trees have been burnt, guess what's going to happen next if the rains come? Mudslides. It's going to tear down the mudslides so the people who live in the valleys are going to be mud they're going to be overtaken by mudslides. Hello somebody. But you're sitting up here pontificating about you love Jesus, but you don't love the people whom Jesus created. Who do you think created all the people on the earth? Satan? Seriously? Children are being child trafficked into sex trafficking every day. Women are being trafficked. And you're not asking any questions or doing anything about that. Let me ask this question. Who is going to, it's Samaritan's Purse, headed by Billy Graham's son. Are they going to pick up a plane and go out to fly out to Oregon to deliver food and clothing and tents to the people who are in the red zone and the fire zone? That's something you ought to do. Show me the money. I used to give to Samaritans first because you were helping people all over the world. I stopped. I haven't done it in more than 15 years. I stopped. America is burning. And we haven't yet come to the place where we reconcile our politics with our social life and our economics. We still don't want to give power 
and give economic power to the people who helped to make America great. Talk about making America great again. Was America really ever great? How great were we? How great were we when people who gave their lives in world wars, we call them losers and suckers. How could we do that? How could we? We should be ashamed of even thinking something like that. I don't know about you, but if you've ever been to Arlington National Cemetery in DC, have you ever been there? Anybody who has ever been to Arlington, you don't come out the same. You go in one way and you come out another way. That thing affects you. Anybody who remembers 9-11, you all remember 9-11 when the first tower was hit and then we watched the second tower, we changed. How can we call people who serve losers and suckers? How? How can you look at black people and call them the blacks when they're responsible? Black people are why America is economically great. America's economy was built on the backs of black slaves who exported cotton and everything else from the South. The American economy has been number one in the world since 1871. How dare you say that black people are lazy? Beaten and lynched and murdered. Do you know in most Southern states, we can't find graves of slaves because slaves were not deemed humane enough to be buried with a tombstone. And you think there is not going to be an awakening? You're telling me people who are alive today can't go to a grave to find their great, 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 great grandfather. Where I come from, I can go to the grave. When I was a kid, my grandmother took me to the graves of my ancestors. She said, you need to know where you come from and who you come from. So she showed me the dates they lived and died. So I had a feeling of extension and identity. You are telling me that a whole group of people within our population can't identify like that? And you thought this was going to be good? And their descendants are being hounded in the streets by white police officers. The rest of us are literally just sitting here waiting and thinking, when is it going to be me? Recently here in, in, in Warren, Michigan, some black folks who are retired military, they're retired vets. Yeah, imagine that. Those people who they call losers and suckers, they're retired vets. Retired now, go home every night to live like peaceful people. White, some, some white supremacists in the area threw a rock through their living room window, then fired shots into their living room. And you know what the Warren police, one of the most racist police departments in the country, you know what Warren police said? Guess. They said, well, uh, we believe it's someone in the area. I'm like, you don't believe, you know. <laughs> you have intel. Why are they not arrested? Imagine that, the bold-facedness of it. As for me and my house, I kid you not, America is burning. Child pornography is pervasive. But yet we want to call people who say, well, I don't know if I'm male or female. We want to call them wrong or tell them how to live. But you have preachers having sex, watching their wives have sex with other men and taking pictures, watching their wives have sex with other women and taking pictures, having threesomes all over the darn place. 
and then coming to tell the rest of us who should have sex with who while you are doing something totally different. No wonder we are burning. What are we going to do about the people in Oregon who have been displaced? Where's FEMA? Is FEMA on the ground? And where is Billy Graham's son who likes to pontificate and likes to think he's some sort of moral authority? He's been radio silent on Jerry Falwell, haven't they? How come they're so silent about that? How come they're so silent about a president who, well, one thing with Trump, he never said he was a moral leader. So from the get-go, he is what he is. Christian conservatives like to defend him. How are you defending a man with with, with five children and three baby mamas? But you call a, a black man who does that, you call him worthless. You call him all kinds of names. The hypocrisy jumps out. The hypocrisy jumps out. A whole section of the country is burning. It's dry like cheap. Have you looked at the satellite imagery over California and Oregon? Why is it so brown? The earth is literal. Do you all, dudes, it is so brown. Y'all, it's so brown. It's crazy. All it did for me this week <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, I guess I'm going to live in Michigan with the snow and the ice, no matter how cold it gets. That's all I could say to myself because I'm like, if anything, Detroit River running right down there. And Canada is just right over there. So if anything, you know, we just jump on the bridge if Canada opens its borders and let us back in. <laughs> right? I kid you not. I found myself literally saying, thank God I live in the Midwest. I'm like, I don't know what kind of divine providence God had over me that he sent me to Michigan. I kid you not. Because I began to think about other places in the country that are likely to have wildfires, like Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico. Think about those other places. They're ripe for wildfires. Certain parts of Utah, certain parts of Colorado that are dry. Why are we not doing something about making sure we have rainfall and we can, we can do all kinds of stuff? America is burning. We have a moral dilemma facing us. You, you remember when presidents used to talk about our moral dilemma, right? They, they don't talk about that much anymore, right? You remember when they, they used to talk about it? But the one moral dilemma they never fixed was the way that you think that white people are superior to black people. You'd never fix that, but you need to fix that because that's the problem. Incredible, isn't it? Frankly, it's incredible. And frankly, we have a problem. We got to fix this. I am telling you, we don't have 50 years to dilly-dally and to weigh the ways and the ideologies. We don't have 50 years. Systemic racism is evident in college applications and college acceptances. Systemic racism is evident in even now how we're going to educate children as a result of the coronavirus. You people never thought of putting it on public television and making it widely available, just in case people don't have access to the internet. But you sit there with your degrees and probably sit there thinking, well, you are better than others. We need a revision. That's for all of you. I don't care what color you are. Anybody who thought like that, you all need to get out of there because you're part of the problem, not the solution. In other words, what I'm saying is if you're sitting at the policy table Your position cannot be that I am glad I am better than this. Your position has to be, even if you're the only one thinking so, you have to think, we've got to find a solution that is good for everybody. 
And if they don't like it, well, you take to social media and say, I just left this meeting and this is what they said and this is what should happen. It's simple. Yeah, that's how you need to think. That's the American way or it used to be. Did I, am I in the wrong country? Am I in the wrong place? Isn't that how Americans have always approached stuff? That they stand up for what is right and stand up for what is good for all instead of just what is good for a few? When did we become a nation of wusses that we just sit back and stuff just happened over us and it just happens and that's it. But you want to turn around and beat up gay people and beat up transgender people and beat up black people and beat up on women when it touches you. But the real issues you need to solve, you ain't solving them. When did we become a nation of wusses? When did we stop to asking uh, politicians, hey, you're wrong, get down off your post. When did we stop telling people how wrong they are, regardless of, I know he, that there are some pictures of Lindsey Graham that he can't fix, and Paul, Rand, what's his name, uh, the one from, from Kentucky, Rand. I know there are some pictures of them that they don't want to come up, but look, regardless of the pictures, you need to stand up and say something. And if you can't, abdicate, leave your position, and say you've been compromised. Say your family's sick or something, but leave it but hanging on to power and you have no effect whatsoever. This election is going to be a referendum, trust me. It's going to be a referendum on everybody that is walking and breathing. You're gonna be surprised at how this election turn out. You are all going to be shocked. I promise you, this election is a referendum because people are tired of the BS, they're tired of the baloney, they're tired of the tomfoolery and the foolishness that is emanating, that is evidently coming from positions of power. They're tired of policies that do not benefit everyone. And when it comes right down to it, we all are suffering. Police departments have millions and millions of dollars to be outfitted with military-style weapons, but they don't have personnel who are trained. They don't have social workers working there for them to say, well, this is not a problem for me when they go out on a call. This is a problem, send the social worker out. How is it that they have all kinds of military-grade weapons, but they don't have personnel? They don't have social workers? They don't have people who are victims advocates? What is going on? Because somebody sat down and rough rammed it down everybody else's throat and people sat there and said, as long as it doesn't affect me, then I'm good. You all need to vacate and abdicate your positions of power. You ever been to a school board meeting and see people sitting up there and everybody just going with the leader because the leader sent out a group text message the night before and said, this is what I'm going to say. And if you support me, this is what I'm going to say. Otherwise, I'm not going to invite you to my club and you can't come to my house. When did you all become a nation of wusses? Where are the real journalists? Not Bob Woodward. Bob Woodward knew this from February and didn't say anything. It's not his responsibility. It was the president's responsibility, but he still knew. He still didn't say anything. So where are the real journalists? The firebrands, the ones who used to stand up, the ones who used to tell us what was really going on. Instead, you all just want to be seen on TV with your AirPods in your ears, and you just want to collect millions of dollars for feeding people stories. Lord God Almighty, help us. Where is the real American? Where did he go? Where did she go? The military believes somehow, because they're still going overseas. They still believe they're fighting for something. Are we going to disappoint them? When they come back home and they have their homeless and military vets who fought in wars have PTSD issues and we won't deal with it, where is the real American, the one who inspired me, 
the ones who made me feel that I was safe, where did they go? America is burning figuratively, and America is burning literally because it's time for a change. It's time for these old ways to go away, these old thinking methodologies to go away. It's time for a change. We can't have in an era when the school systems are closed because of a pandemic that has raged and ravaged our country, that children are actually at a Taco Bell sitting outside to access the internet. When we have the resources to make education pervasively available and accessible via TV, they did it in 1958, they can do it again. It can be done. We just don't wanna do it because we have people who sit back and think that uh, th this is not something that should be readily available. It should only be available to the few. It's time for you all to go. You don't, you're not hearing. Are you listening to the people in the streets? Are you watching what people are saying? Are you reading the real polls? Are you really reading the questions they're asking people and what people are saying? Most people are fed up. They want a change. We're tired. My head hurts. It's been seven months of constant barraging of the coronavirus. I'm done with it. I'm so sick and tired of it. I would just have to gear up emotionally and psychologically for the next rampage that it's going to bring through, this, through our nation. It's going to be devastating. It's going to be like fire. It's going to walk through our country. I'm not ready for it. Are you? Because seven months of it. Children not being educated or education system in shambles. Teachers are dying. Three teachers died in the last few weeks. Teachers are dying from coronavirus because we were ill-prepared. We have the resources. What do you sit down at these meetings and talk about? You just want to be in the public's eye. You just want to be seen on TV. Because when it comes right down to it, you're not going to stand there and defend your position. Look at what's going on on the West Coast. I'm so disheartened. It's the third morning since Friday. I've woken up with a headache. Because, frankly, I myself can't reconcile that the West Coast is burning and we're not doing anything about it. And I don't have the power. I'm just sitting here watching it. And the people who have the power are not doing anything about it. I've asked Jesus to take the wheel and pray, and it, it looks like Jesus is kind of just leaving us to marinate in this. He's like, you're on your own, Don. You're on your own. You didn't believe in me in the first place. Hey, <laughs> what are you calling on me now for? Did you all think you could solve that? Didn't you all think you had all the power so you don't need me? Did you invite me in? So why are you calling my name now? Go fix it yourself. Let me see how you deal with that. Meanwhile, the rest of us like me are just saying, hey, Jesus. I was always kind of calling you, so don't forget me. I kind of need you, sir, so please look down on me. We need, we need answers. And I'm afraid, my friends, that America is going to continue to burn right into November. And I fear that when the rains do come, it's going to be another disaster of landslides, mudslides. If we don't do something about climate change, if we don't fix systemic racism, if we don't fix these issues, we are going to have a problem. 
and the problem needs our attention now. My name is Harriet Kimmick. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. As you continue to enjoy our programming, stream us on iHeartRadio, as well as on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever your favorite podcast platform is. You're also welcome to find us on the web at www.harrietkimmick.com, as well as on Block Talk Radio. We've been on Block Talk Radio for many years now. Thank you so much, everybody. It's Sunday. Send a prayer up. Hopefully, Jesus will take the wheel. Yeah? I send a prayer for our brothers and sisters on the West Coast and that the racial violence in our country will end. Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed.